Welcome back, listeners. This is your host, Sam Peebles. Thank you so much for joining into the number one sports show on Good Pots yet again. And I'm so excited because, as we all know, the Atlanta Braves just clinched their ticket to the National League Championship Series against either the Giants or the Dodgers. We'll find out by the time you hear this. You probably have already found out. I'm hoping it's the Giants because the Braves have done better against them. I'm also super excited because I had a life event when my first son was born. And so I did not have a ton of time to spend digging into statistics and stuff this week. So what I decided to do was have some fun and look at my favorite all-time Braves, favorite all-time non-Braves, build a roster with them, and then compare them. I figured it would take us all down a nice little memory lane, a sort of nostalgia trip, if you will, and it'll be a lot of fun. So let's go ahead and do that. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's go. So first of all, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves and all you Braves fans for the Braves advancing. The Braves have overcome adversity with Acuna tearing his ACL, Mike Soroka being injured, losing Marcelo Zuna, just to name a few. There's been other injuries as well. Many things have happened this year, and the Braves overcame it, beat the team, the Milwaukee Brewers that had seven more wins than they did. And as we explained last week, I thought the Braves did have the advantage, and it turned out they were the better team. One of the reasons being that the Atlanta Braves' two best starters this year are fantastic at the curveball, and the Brewers were terrible against the curveball, being 29th in the league against it. Uh, so it was, it was a really fun matchup. It was pretty close. Even though the Braves won 3-1, to one, the scores were very close. There was not a single blowout game, and it had to have been one of the lowest scoring series in a while. When After game three, there had only been nine total runs scored, and that was the third lowest amount of runs scored in a division series in th- through the first three games, the third least ever. So it was a low scoring game because of excellent pitching, and it was a lot of fun. So let's jump into the caveats of what we're about to do today. Because as always, to do exercises, you have to have caveats or there's always going to be like, yeah, but you could have done this or you could have done that. And so we need to set the boundaries in place. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go through and I'm going to list my favorite Braves players that one played while I was old enough to remember watching them. Because I can't, if I start going down the entire list of all-time Braves, we've done all-time Braves before and things like that. So we're going to do only Braves that I'm old enough to remember. I was born in 1989. There's some personal information for you. You now know my age. (laughs) But I was born in 1989. I have faint memories of 1995. But I'm really not going to list players that were only on the team in 95. Because, to be honest with you, all I remember is that World Series. Because I watched it with my sisters who were also big Braves fans. So my only memory is watching that World Series. So I don't think that's really fair. My first real memories of sitting down and watching baseball as much as I possibly could was in 1997. So I'm going to start in the year 1997. And uh, you'll see with a lot of my picks that a lot of the players are from around that time frame just because they helped me fall in love with the game. And that's just the way it is. I'm sure some of you, if you're a little bit older than me or a little bit younger than me, you will have different players that 
may have been better than the players I'm going to list or maybe weren't as good as the players I'm going to list because they just helped you fall in love with the game. And that's totally fine, and that's what this exercise is about. So I'm going to do that for both players on the Braves and players not on the Braves. Another thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to list a designated hitter because the Braves, have, being in the National League, do not have a designated hitter unless they were to play a American League team and they don't really have a pure designated hitter. It's just, okay, who are we going to throw in that slot? So I'm not really going to do that, which means I'm going to leave off some really fun names that I really enjoyed watching. I just did not give them the edge. Another thing I'm going to do is I'm going to off the cuff say the players without looking up any stats so that when we compare the stats later, we can kind of have a true comparison. Another thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be extremely picky with right field versus left field when it comes to picking players. Center fielders, on the other hand, I'm going to only pick center fielders because you have to be super defensively capable to play that position, so I'm going to stick with only center fielders to play center field. I'm not going to be super picky about right field and left field. Although, as you can see with Adam Duvall, he's an excellent left fielder, but for some reason is not as good in right field. But I'm still going to not be super picky about left fielder versus right fielder, but I'm going to be pretty picky about every other position. Another caveat is in 97, you did not have your typical five to six man rotations as you do today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick four starting pitchers since there's not always been a five or six man rotation in Major League Baseball. You can look back and see 1995 Braves. They will have, if you go on their baseball reference page, they will have five guys listed as the rotation pieces. But if you look at the fifth guy, he only pitched like half the innings that the fourth guy did. So it, there was no true fifth starter. It was more so the fifth guy going around was a spot starter. Kind of like how the Braves every once in a while will give a spot start for the sixth go around. It was kind of like that. So we're going to stick with four starters and then... I'll do one relief pitcher that's not a closer and one closer because if we list a full 25, 26-man roster, that's going to take forever, and your guys' time is valuable. My time is valuable, and I want to respect that. I want you guys to have fun without getting bored. So that's what I'm going to stick with. We're going to stick with just starting and then four rotation, one relief pitcher, and one closer. So with that, let's start with non-Braves. We will start with catcher. Some of you are going to hate me for this, but my favorite catcher growing up watching was Mike Piazza. I know that he was on the rival Mets for a good period of time, and there were some serious battles between the Braves and the Mets during that time. But because of that, you got to see a lot of Mike Piazza, and I absolutely loved watching him play. I know that I myself am a big proponent of defense, and most of us know that Mike Piazza was not exactly a defense first catcher. He was mostly offense, but man, was he fun to watch. I mean, I actually remember a specific play where he went to throw a runner out at second and the ball bounced from like the pitcher's mound all the way to second base because he was getting older and couldn't throw runners out anymore. But he still was a blast to watch. I personally, he's one of the people I collect his baseball cards. Uh, one of the ways I was able to really remember who I loved watching was whose baseball cards I collected. And uh, Mike Piazza is definitely one of them. And he by far was my favorite non-Braves catcher to watch. 
Super fun to watch. I'll always remember watching him play. Moving on down the diamond, we'll start with first base. And this one, by far, was the hardest to pick. There's so many first basemen that I really, really liked. Mark McGuire, Tino Martinez, Todd Hilton, Lance Berkman, and that's just people from when I was younger. There's newer guys that I love watching. Ryan Howard I enjoyed watching even though he was on the Phillies. I'll say it, I like Pete Alonzo. I love watching him play. Max Muncy this year has been one of the most underrated players in the league. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year. I mean, there's just so many first basemen. I could list some of my favorite players, and a lot of them being first basemen because offense is just so fun to watch. And defensive limited first base guys are usually decent at hitting or they wouldn't be in the league because they can't play defense. And so you see a lot of flashy offense. Prince Fielder. I mean, there's so many. Richie Sexton that are coming to mind. Miguel Cabrera. Gosh, there's so many that were so much fun to watch. This, the entire podcast, you could devote an entire podcast to first baseman alone. But I have to go with my boy, Mark McGuire. I, I'm a big fan. I mean, of course, there's, there's stuff that are t- negatively to him. Pretty obvious he used steroids, but that's a different conversation for a different day. I'm talking about purely while he was on the field, while I was watching him. He probably brought me the most joy of first baseman just because what he did to electrify the game. Like I said, I really started watching around 97, and that's when Mark McGuire was real big. It was when I first started collecting baseball cards, so he was the hot-ticketed guy to go after. He was so much fun to watch with that home run race against Sammy Sosa. All the commercials with him in it. I mean, Mark McGuire was the man during his time. Obviously before his his fall to disgrace with the steroids. But before that, I mean, he was the man. I loved watching him play. And so I have to go with Mark McGuire there. I'm a huge collector of his cards. I won't say I'm a super collector, but I do have a ton of his baseball cards. He's one of my favorites to collect. That being said, if you see any cool Mark McGuire cards that I don't have... Let me know because I'll probably buy him from you. Anyways, moving on to second base. This one was difficult probably because, I don't know, most of my favorite second basemen that I've seen, I, I love the position at second base just because I think it's kind of the unsung hero of the field because the shortstop for good reason gets a lot of love. But the other part of that double play combo is second base. And we've had some great ones come up. The unfortunate thing for this section is that most of my favorite second basemen have at least played one season in Atlanta. Brandon Phillips played in Atlanta. Brett Boone played in Atlanta. Guys like that. A lot of the really fun second basemen played in Atlanta for at least one season. So it made it really hard and really difficult to pick. But the one that really sticks out to me, and I always remember him, and probably it's just because the Braves played the Marlins so many times, was Luis Castillo. This dude was super fun to watch, the energy brought to the field. I mean, there's new guys now that bring that type of electricity, but when a guy that was not some type of perennial all-star or perennial MVP type guy, and he still sticks in your mind for how much fun you had watching him, to me that says something. And so, and I've even had on, you know, on Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff like that, people will post, when you th- see this logo, who do you think of? And they post the Florida Marlins logo. Luis Castillo is the first guy I think of. Why? Because he was so much fun to watch. And so for second base, I'm going to go with Luis Castillo. Shortstop, this one was easiest. Super easy. 
there's been a ton of great shortstops throughout the years. For one, as you know, I love defense, and shortstop is one of the most important defensive positions out there. I mean, them and catcher, two most important defensive positions, statistically speaking, catcher being number one, shortstop being number two. And so, obviously, I love the position of shortstop. And, of course, growing up as a kid, you always wanted to play shortstop because that was the cool position. I really only played shortstop one year. Had a blast doing it. But I do think that uh, this one was easy to pick, and it's Nomar Garcia-Para. I know that a lot of people will be like, well, he played for Boston. What are you doing picking a big market team, being a Braves fan? Listen, like I said, I'm a Braves fan, but I'm a baseball fan first. Nomar Garcia-Para just brought so much fun to the game. Highly respected across the league, and I just loved watching him play. I loved what he brought to the game. I know that he wasn't the best defensive shortstop. I know that they eventually moved him to first base when he played for the Dodgers. But, hey, what can I say? I loved watching Nomar Garcia Parra. He's also one of the guys I've always collected with baseball cards. I've got some cool ones of him. I've got an autograph of his that's one of one, meaning it's the only one in the world. Things like that. Not super. The good thing about Nomar Garcia Parra is that he. He, since he didn't make the Hall of Fame, uh, his baseball card prices are not that expensive. So he's one of those guys that I really enjoyed playing, so it's really cheap to collect a bunch of his cards. So that's been nice. I know I'm talking about baseball cards a lot, but my love for baseball and my love for collecting of baseball cards kind of go hand in hand. So you're going to hear me talk about baseball cards some. Hopefully I can get some of my uh, baseball card super collector friends or whatever on the show at some time to really help express... The reason for the love of baseball cards. But anyways, Nomar Garcia Parr, by far my favorite shortstop watching. And as you can see, there's kind of a time frame that I'm picking players from. I'm trying not to do that, but like I said, around that time is really when I started falling in love with the game of baseball. And as you guys know, that doesn't mean that I'm anti-New Age baseball. I love the new sport of baseball. I love where it's gone. Sure, some of the stuff in the past was more aesthetically pleasing to the eye, but statistically now, the way that the game has gone, the stat head in me absolutely loves it. The analytics teams have taken statistics and underlying metrics and really helped guys reach their max potential. And it's it's been absolutely a blast to watch. So don't get me wrong here when I say and I pick my favorite players from... And you're not seeing a ton from 2010s, okay? There will be some, but I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, third base, man. This is another position that was absolutely fun to watch. You've got guys like Scott Rowland, Troy Gloss through the years. Ken Kemenetti, actually, but he played for the Braves for a year, even though we found out later that he was juicing. Vinny Castilla, just to name a few. There's so many guys out there that were a blast at third base. we got newer guys like Nolan Arenado, Evan Longoria. Even Pablo Sandoval, when he wasn't a Brave, was was fun to watch for a year or two. I mean, there's just guys that really stick out from this position that were absolutely a blast to watch. But I'm going to have to go with Nolan Arenado here. I know there's a ton to pick from, especially since 1997 time frame. But what Nolan Arenado has brought with a full package of platinum glove defense along with above average offense, even once he moved to the Cardinals, his Straight line has not been quite as good, but his OPS plus and WRC plus has stayed just the same across the board. His defense was down a little bit this year, but still excellent. And in his prime, he was the best third baseman in the league 
easily. Third base has been a very strong position these past few years. I mean, we're looking at guys like Austin Riley may not even win MVP with the season he's having. And, you know, Chris Bryant was fantastic. You know, there's, I mean, Chris Bryant played all over the diamond this year, but he started off as a third baseman. Josh Donaldson, I mean, Raphael Devers, fantastic player. Third base has been a fantastic position over the past 10 years or so. So it's really hard to pick a player, but even from all the way back to 1997, there's been fantastic ones. Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame. But I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado here, who's just such a fantastic and fun player to watch. All right, let's go with the outfield here. Remember I said I'm going to pick center field, but the other two don't really matter. My number one is obviously center field is Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, the most beautiful swing I've ever seen. I'm a huge collector of his. I've got autographed pictures and, and his rookie cards and, and things like that. I just love Ken Griffey Jr. the way he played. One of my favorites um, players of all time. Such a blast and such a joy to watch play the joy that he brought to the game. You know, I did find out that he was not the first person to do batting practice with his hat backwards. There's a picture that surfaced thanks to Tan Man baseball fan of uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson wearing his hat backwards during batting practice, which I thought was pretty cool. But King Griffey Jr. did bring that vibe to the game that was just make baseball fun. And I really enjoyed that. He had such a beautiful swing. Another outfielder. I'm going to go with is Larry Walker. He was just kind of like your, I don't even know how to describe the vibe he brought, but the vibe he brought was electric, and people were scared of him when he came up to bat. Hall of Famer, uh, just a joy to watch. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for players that played in Colorado, obviously with Arenado and stuff. I don't know why. It's just the type of players that go to Colorado are just fun to watch. I mean, even Mike Hampton when he played for Colorado was fun. I'm by all means number one Braves fan, but there's a lot of players that Colorado has brought through their team that have just been fun to watch over the years, and Larry Walker was one of my favorite. I've always enjoyed what he brought to the plate, and uh, he was actually not terrible defensively. You know, the, the profile body that he brought, you thought he was more of like a first baseman, terrible glove offense only, but he, he was actually a solid defender, and uh, he was just fun to watch. And then that leaves right field. That one's tough. I mean, there's so many good ones that have played in the outfield. You know, Ichiro, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout is a center fielder, so we're not going to use him there since I already picked King Griffey Jr. But there's so many good ones throughout the years. This outfield just brings such good players. It's hard, hard, hard to choose from. But I would say my favorite out of all of these is Vladimir Guerrero. Man, that guy, the way he played, it was just, he was always going to do something crazy. Always something crazy he was going to do. And uh, he would do it. And like And he just played ball hard. And you just enjoyed watching him play. Uh the the attitude he had towards the game, everything about Vladimir Guerrero was just such a blast to watch. And I just had so much fun when I got to watch him play. And so I'm I'm gonna go with him. Let's go starting pitchers here now. My favorite that does not get a lot of love is Kevin Brown. 
Uh, he was uh, such a fantastic pitcher, especially in his prime. And I think that he just did not get enough love on the Hall of Fame ballot. If you go back and look at his full body of work, he was a victim of being on teams where he did not get a ton of wins. And back in the day, that was the thing that got you a lot of Hall of Fame votes was wins, which is completely stupid, considering that would mean if you were to take Jacob deGrom and put him back, you know, 20 years ago, he would not be getting Hall of Fame votes. Are you kidding me? You know, uh, Kevin Brown was the man, and I'm going to go with him as my one of four top favorite pitchers that did not pitch for the Atlanta Braves. Next, I'm going to go with Randy Johnson. Uh, that should be most people's picks just because, well, I'm not going to say who can be your favorite player, but he's going to be on people's list of top players as far as performance goes. No one was really like him in this time. I mean, and then you add in the whole exploding bird Thing. I mean, that just puts it over the top for me. Randy Johnson, he was the man. I uh, could not, you did not want to face Randy Johnson. No one wanted to face Randy Johnson. What's crazy is, you know, him being a lefty, statistically speaking, lefties do not have as much success as righties because they don't face, they don't have as much of a platoon advantage as righties do. Which is odd to say because as a kid, when you're playing Little League Baseball, typically left-handers have the advantage. Uh, it's not the same with relievers because before the three-batter rule, you could kind of manipulate it more. With the starting pitcher, you can't manipulate it like that. Next, I'm going to go with Pedro Martinez. That guy was electric. I know that some people did not like him because he wasn't afraid to throw at people's heads and things like that. But man, you did not want to face that guy. And if you had him on your team... You knew that you could count on him. He had some of the best performances, single season records and postseason performances of anyone in my lifetime, if not the best. And you can't, I can't make a list of top four favorite starting pitchers that were not Braves without putting him in that list. That would just be an injustice. And finally, I'm going to go with Kurt Schilling. I know that many people do not like Kurt Schilling as a person. I'm not here to make my assumptions or to say how I feel about him as a person I'm talking about him simply as a player and as a player he was fun to watch you can't get and I don't want to be one of those people that do a small sample size but that whole bloody sock thing is kind of like with the Randy Johnson exploding bird where there's guys I just really loved watching and then there's just something that just puts it over the edge that's super memorable that I'll never forget and that's one of them so that's my four starting pitchers. There's tons of starting pitchers, uh, current starting pitchers that I could list. You know, Jacob DeGrom is the man. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller even. I love watching him. You know, there's so many guys that are starting pitchers currently that I could list as well. You know, um, that's, those are just some off the top of my head. And there's so many more. I mean, Felix Hernandez, although he was technically on the Braves for a little while. And then there's so many other guys that were just fantastic. Uh, Roy Holiday, Cliff Lee. I mean, so many that so many starting pitchers throughout the years is really difficult to pick for. But those are my four favorite. Um, even though if we, I probably have a top 25 favorite that I could just list list off the top of my head. But since I have to pick four, those are the four I'm gonna go with. Some of the most memorable closers have been guys that pitch for the Braves. So that's going to be hard to pick when I do have to pick for the Braves. But since I'm not picking for the Braves, I know that Eric Gagne did not have a fantastic overall career. 
but just that season, remembering that season of how dominant he was when he got that saves record. I know that saves themselves do not specifically point out how good and how effective a pitcher is. I mean, my gosh, look at Josh Hader this year. Uh, yeah, I know Freddie Freeman took him just took him deep to basically excel and put the Braves past the Brewers, but Josh Hader had one of the best performances ever by a relief pitcher this year with an uh, almost a 3.50 ERA plus, but he only had like something like 34, 35 saves. So saves are situational a lot of times because the Brewers did not have a lot of one or two run games like the Braves did. And so the Eric Gagne thing, he got put in with a lot of situations that a ton of guys wouldn't be in. However, that season where he set the record was just insane to me, and it'll always stick out in my mind. Dude went out there, people were scared of him, uh, what he brought. And so I'm going to go with closure, I'm going to go with Eric Gagne. And for non-closers, that's the most difficult because they're so volatile. You know, guys could be fantastic one year, and then just you never hear about them again. And then you have guys that were not closers, but were closers previously. You know, a lot of the high-leverage eighth-inning guys were closers for bad teams. So it's really hard to pick. So I'm going to add a caveat that when I pick someone, it's for when they were not a closer. Because... The guy that sticks out to me that I just loved watching was Pat Nishik, and he did close some. But I'm going to use him as my my relief guy when he was not a closer. He was fun to watch, that sidearm delivery, and just his personality that went along with it. And he also collects baseball cards, so I thought that was pretty cool as well. So he's my favorite of non-closers, so when I compare later and the performance as a team, like if we're building a team... I'm going to use him as when he was in his setup role, not a closer. So with that, I think it's a good time to take a break. And then we'll talk about my favorite Braves players, construct a roster from my favorite Braves players, and then compare the teams. All right, let's jump into favorite Braves. All right, so as I said, I did watch the 1995 World Series, but seeing, being six years old, I can't say that I remember every moment. And so I did watch it, but I'm not going to pick players based on their moments in the 1995 World Series because that's not fair to the other players in the future because I only really remember a few games and a few moments from that being six years old. So I'm, gonna, I'm using 97 as my cutoff as where I truly remember players. And uh, being nine years old, eight years old, I definitely remember that season as my favorite where I paid full attention to Major League Baseball. So let's start with catcher like we did with the others. So many good catchers that the Braves have had. That's one of, been one of their strengths over the years. So we'll probably do a rich history of catcher like we have done for second and third base for the Braves eventually. But just recently, the Braves have had... Tyler Flowers and Kurt Suzuki duo, which was fantastic. Travis Darno had one of the best seasons that a catcher has had in a long time, although it was only in 60 games. And also it was offensively, one of the best offensive seasons. He did not do very well defensively. Javi Lopez had such a solid run, and he held the record for most home runs for a catcher uh, in the National League for a long time. Um, as we know that the all-time catcher record was broken this year, so 
congrats on that to Salvi Perez. He was had a fantastic year this year. And then we got, of course, the stalwart of Brian McCann. Johnny Estrada was fantastic for years. Christian Betancourt was kind of a bust, but it was still cool seeing a top prospect catcher come through the system. And we've got guys like Shay Langoliers and Wilson Contreras coming up. But of the guys that I remember, my favorite was by far Javi Lopez. And he did pretty much, and I'm going to blow some of y'all's minds, but he did, without saying, say that he did take steroids. So I know that. I know that there's a high probability that he took steroids. When someone asked him about it in an article, he basically said, who wasn't taking steroids? He didn't come out and say, I took steroids, but basically he said, well, everyone was doing it. So it strongly implied that he was juicing. And when he left the Braves and went and played for the Orioles, it showed, especially when they started testing. But Javi Lopez, such a fun guy to watch. He loved the game. He was a threat behind the plate always when he was with the Braves, especially that year where he set that record. That was such a fantastic offensive year for the Braves across the board. So I'm going to go with Javi Lopez there as much as I like Brian McCann. Some people hate on Brian McCann because he played for the Astros during the cheating scandal, and I get that, and that's not my reason for not picking Brian McCann. My reason is just that Javi Lopez went above and beyond uh, Brian McCann as far as my memory of favorite players for the Braves at positions. Next, let's move on to first base. There's a ton here. I mean, who doesn't love Julio Franco? I'm sure Julio Franco is a grandpa somewhere and is much better still at playing baseball than I ever dreamt of being in my prime during my high school years. (laughs) But yeah, Julio Franco was a blast. Uh, Matt Franco, I mean, he was on the Braves, but I wouldn't pick him as my favorite. Robert Fisk, nah, no thanks. He, He was a hothead. But anyways, uh, we got Freddie Freeman, obviously. I love Freddie Freeman. Everybody loves Freddie Freeman. You got Andres Galarraga, big cat. He, If I was to pick a DH category, like I said, I'm not going to, it would have been him. And just for what it's worth, I didn't say it already, but if I was to pick a DH category just to add someone else, it'd be Adrian Beltre as a third baseman uh, for the other team. But like I said, I'm not picking one. But I was thinking about it while I was recording, and and it was such a, I didn't mention that it was such a tie between Nolan Arenado and Adrian Beltre. So I want to give some love for Adrian Beltre. But if I had to pick, I'm going with the recency bias here for Braves and hopefully future Hall of Famer Freddie Freeman. Everybody loves Freddie Freeman for good reason. He's a good team leader. He's a solid presence at the plate, and he's had some very good offensive years as well as defensive years for the Braves. I wrote an article on him that I do believe that if he continues to play like he has, he does have a trajectory that will put him in the Hall of Fame statistically and just to watch. I mean, that smile whenever he does something well is infectious. And man, after that home run against Josh Hader last night, I don't know how you can't pick him. Second base, I love Ozzie Albies. He's probably my favorite player on the Braves right now, if I'm being honest. Uh, I love Ronald Acuna for obvious reasons. I love Freddie Freeman. And Ozzie Albies is probably my favorite top three player on the Braves. I'll just say that. Top three favorite player on the Braves right now. But Marcus Giles was my favorite player growing up. Bar none favorite player. <laughs> Little dude running around. I believe he was like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, hitting. He was a doubles machine. Uh, I loved watching him, as, him play, his attitude, everything about it. And injuries basically derailed his career. He kept having concussions. And there is uh, some rumors that he was 
juicing, and I get that a ton of players were. I'm not excusing it, but take steroids out of it. Just watching him on the field, Marcus Stiles is my favorite. Shortstop, this one is hard because, as you know, I love defense. And Andrewton Simmons is one of the best defensive players of all time. And he's only halfway through his career, more or less. Defensively, he's I think he's top 20 defensive war all time already in his career. And he was uh, basically took the starting job away from Tyler Pasternicki on defense alone. Tyler Pasternick, he was going to be the starter at shortstop, and the players begged to have Simba be the starter because of the flashy plays he was in the range he had at shortstop. But I'm going with little Raphael for call. Raphael for call was such a fun guy to watch. I know we had guys like Edgar Renteria that was fantastic. I mean, there, Dansby Swanson is a fan favorite. I get it. But Raphael Fercal was by far my favorite. And he has one of those things like Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson that just, I loved watching him play and then put him over the top. That unassisted triple play, I will never forget it. Such an awesome play. Third base, I mean, how do you not pick Chipper Jones here? Austin, Austin Riley's awesome. Um, but really, it, it, it's between Austin Riley and Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones was on the Braves for almost my entire life. You know, as a third baseman, and then really there's just stop gaps in Johan Camargo, Johan Camargo, sorry, and Josh Donaldson until we got to, and I mean we had other guys that we won't mention like Adonis Garcia and stuff like that, but his guys that actually made impact. There was really only some stop gaps until we got to Austin Riley. So really it was a competition. We had Vinny Castilla technically for two years while Chipper Jones, or was it just one year while Chipper Jones was in the outfield. I get that. Vinny Castilla, I was a big fan of his, but he didn't have very good years in Atlanta. So I'm going Chipper Jones. I know it's a cliche pick here, but come on. How do you not pick Chipper Jones? Outfield, I'll say it. Jason Hayward, loved watching him play. His rookie year was so electric. I have a Jason Hayward jersey. I loved him on the Braves. I realized that uh, things went kind of south. They traded him for Shelby Miller, which they traded for one of the best trades in Braves history. So without Jason Hayward, they wouldn't have traded for Shelby Miller, and they would not have traded Shelby Miller for the package that they got for him. So, hey, uh, I'm going Jason Hayward here. He was my favorite, one of my favorite outfielders for the Braves' top three. Gary Sheffield was probably my favorite player, uh, top three favorite player all time. I loved the swagger that he brought to the plate. I loved that little bat swag, and he threw me a ball in the stands when I was a kid. I know it's a funny story. He threw it to me, and my brother was standing next to me. My brother stuck his glove in front of me, knocked the ball down, and another fan got it. And it was an adult landing in their lap. I was a kid, and they didn't give it to us. So yeah, am I still bitter about that moment? Yes, I am. And fan, adult fan that didn't give me the ball, yeah, I'm still mad at you. I still remember your face. But anyways, Gary Sheffield. And then for center fielder, come on. How do you not pick Andrew Jones? It's Andrew Jones all day. I don't even have to go into it, but Andrew Jones, I, if, if you haven't heard the, the episode already, I went into an episode fully dedicated to why Andrew Jones deserves a shot to be voted for in the Hall of Fame. He's the best defensive outfielder of all time if we're looking at defensive wins above replacement, even better than guys like Willie Mays. So defensively, you guys know I love defense. And then offensively, he he had a tremendous peak but fell off hard. But 
from a wins above replacement standpoint, he's right up there with other outfielders in the Hall of Fame and should get some more love. It, he won't, you know, obviously he's been on the ballot for a while, but he's gaining steam and he might get it in his ninth or tenth year. So next, let's go with pitchers. I'm going to start with the odd one that you guys are probably going to shake your head and say, what? I'm going to go with relief pitchers. I'm going to go Sean Newcomb here. You know, he has disappointed. I get it. He's been up and down, and he's had his moments. He started off as a starter, converted to a reliever. And as a reliever, he's had his moments, but at other times he hasn't. But I don't know. There's just something I really like about Sean Newcomb. Uh, I love his curveball. I love his attitude. Um, I love his tenacity. I know that he's probably upset that he keeps getting bounced back and forth. I get it. And for good reason. He has not been the world's best pitcher. Uh, we gave up Andrews and Simmons for him, so we had high expectations for him. I get it. But there's just something about Sean Newcomb that I love. In fact, I have probably 45 to 50 autographs of him. Uh, he's he's one of those players that I enjoy watching. His stuff is cheap because he hasn't been fantastic on the field. And so I was able, I've had plenty of, there was one time when I got three Sean Newcomb autographs for a dollar, you know? And so I, I would call myself a semi-super collector of Sean Newcomb stuff. I have a ton of his things, uh, a ton of his autographs, a ton of his rookie cards and stuff, first Bowman's and all that. I don't know. I'm just a fan of Sean Newcomb and probably a head scratcher for you guys, but I don't care. I'm a fan of Sean Newcomb. I'm not saying he should be on the roster. I'm not saying he should be getting more love. I'm saying I enjoyed watching him play. As far as closers go, I know it's probably a toss-up between a few guys. For most Braves fans, you got the time that John Smoltz was a closer. was fantastic. But Craig Kimbrell, I'm going to say it, was better than John Smoltz, which is a blessing. The Braves were so good to have three guys that have been some of the best closers in the history of the game in Craig Kimbrell, John Smoltz, and Billy Wagner. And, you know, it's hard to pick, but I'm going Craig Kimbrell just because the electricity he brought, the seasons that he brought. I know it was a sad ending for his tenure with the Braves because the Braves were having to rebuild and they, they traded him to the Padres. and It was a terrible day, but what he brought to the Braves right from the start as a closer, the most shutdown closer in his time. I mean, he rivaled Mariano Rivera. That's how good he was. And if you look at his ERA plus and things like that, out of this world, he actually, like I said, statistically was better than John Smoltz. And that's not downing John Smoltz. John Smoltz was one of the best closers of all time, but Craig Kimbrell edged him out. And I I just loved watching Craig Kimbrell pitch. So that moves us to the rotation. And it's hard for me not to just go down the four guys that were in the rotation for the Braves when they were, you know, had the best rotation in baseball. But you know, I'm not going to list Greg Maddox here. Uh, one of the best pitchers of all time, I get it. He's probably a top 10 favorite pitcher of mine of all time. But he just wasn't, you know, I, I guys that I liked a little bit better. And I feel like it's kind of a cliche answer. I already have one in Chipper Jones. So, yeah, I have chi- I collect Greg Maddox stuff. I have relics of his. I have his rookie card and stuff like that. I'm a fan of Greg Maddox, don't get me wrong. But don't be upset that I don't list him here is all I'm getting at. But my top four starting pitchers for the Braves are John Smoltz, for obvious reasons. We've got Tim Hudson. Uh, if you guys don't know this, please do not stop listening to me if you hear me say this, but I'm an Auburn fan. Okay, my dad graduated from Auburn. I seriously considered going there, but because of life circumstances, life took me in a different situation, different route, but half of my family, uh, my entire family are Auburn fans. My dad graduated from there. He made the football team um, before injuries 
made it to where he couldn't be on the team anymore and stuff like that. Anyways, my family has season, my dad always has season tickets to the games. We're just big Auburn fans. Anyways, that kind of goes, factors into it, which is kind of odd that I didn't pick Josh Donaldson because of that. But, yeah, I'm a big Tim Hudson fan. I love the way he pitched. Uh, He was so fantastic for the Braves. I'll never forget the day that the Braves traded for him. I was at, I was at, I believe, basketball practice or in a basketball game when I got a notification that he had got traded in high school, played high school basketball. I loved it. And uh, I had never been that excited for a trade than when the Braves got Tim Hudson. Next is Russell Ortiz. I know that maybe he doesn't stick out to you guys as a favorite because he was only on the team for a few years. But, man, did I love him pitch. I loved watching him pitched. I love his attitude. I liked him as a person. And then I found out how much I liked him even more when I was watching, I believe it was Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And he won an auction, a charity auction, to eat dinner with the host and stuff for a very good cause. can't remember what it was, but I remember when I was a little bit younger, watching that and being, wow, I knew Russ Ortiz was a good guy, but for him to pay that much money for a charity auction, when all they did was they sat in the living room of this house that they built, that they were building, I believe, and ate some delivered pizza. It wasn't like this was some elaborate event that they got to attend. He just cared about the cause and bid. he knew he had some income being a pro baseball player and gave it to a great cause. I know that a lot of players do this they do and that's one of the great things about players that with good hearts making good money is they can donate money to good causes but this one stuck out to me because he was just because he was already one of my favorite players and it's that just solidified it for me so Russ if you hear this thanks for doing that I'm always remember that and uh, you'll always be one of my favorite players and fourth I'm gonna go Steve Avery here kind of another odd pick like I said I'm picking favorite not guys that I think were the best necessarily because there's there's plenty of guys that were better statistically than some of the guys I've listed in, in Braves history or, or in the time that I watched the Braves. But I'm going to go Steve Avery here because he was pitching when my sister, my older sister, was a big Braves fan, and she was a huge fan of Steve Avery. And so I learned a lot about Steve Avery. I spent a lot of time hearing my sister talk about Steve Avery learning about baseball through reading the back of Steve Avery baseball cards and really knowing that he was kind of one of the guys that solidified that rotation even though he wasn't the big name guy that the other three were. And so, I don't know, Steve Avery has always stuck out to me as one of my favorites. I have few memories of him just because his tenure with the Braves was more so before that 97 mark, but I just had to list him because of my sister being able to help me fall in love with baseball and her fandom of Steve Avery kind of pushing me in that direction. All right, so let's compare the two squads. So what I did was I took all the players and only did it when they either played for the Braves, so I'm picking Braves, or if it's the ones that were not on the Braves, I picked their best singular season. I did the same with the Braves players too. I picked their best singular season and added it all up and compared them. The only one exception is Steve Avery, since he was not on the Braves in 1997. 
I did his 96 season because I do remember him and it was mostly because of my sister, like I said. So I figured I could throw that exception in there. But that's the only exception. All the rest are 97 or later. So they could have possibly had years that were better than 97, like King Griffey Jr., for example. So let's start with the non-Braves real quick. And that squad was Piazza in 97, had an 8.7 war. Big Mac in 98 had a 7.5 war. Luis Castillo in 2000 had a 4.5. Nomar Garcia Parra in 2000 had a 7.4. Nolan Arenado in 2019 had a 7.3. Larry Walker in 97 had a 9.8. King Griffey Jr. in 97 had a 9.1. Vlad Guerrero in 2002 had a 7.1. Randy Johnson in 2002 had a 10.7. Kevin Brown in 98 had a 8.6. Pedro Martinez in 2000 had an 11.7. Kurt Schilling in 2001 had an 8.8. Pat Neshek in 2017 had a 2.2. And Eric Gagne had a 3.7 in his year that he broke the record for saves. That's a total of 107.1 wins above replacement. Absolutely insane for a squad. (laughs) No one's going to touch that. The Braves obviously are not, but that's what it came to. The Braves, my all-time favorite players while being alive and watching them. Javi Lopez in 2003 had a 6.8 war, wins above replacement. Freddie Freeman in 2016, oddly enough, was his best year at 6.3. Marcus Giles, 2003, and 7.9. Raphael Fercal in 2005 had a 6.5. Interestingly, Chipper Jones' best year was 2007 with a 7.6 wins above replacement. Jason Hayward in 2010 had a 6.4. Andrew Jones in 2008.2, the highest wins above replacement total of anyone on this list. For a single year. Gary Sheffield, 2003, had a 6.8. John Smoltz in 2006 had a 5.9. Steve Avery in 96 had a 1.1. It was on the tail end of his career. Tim Hudson, 2010, had a 5.8. Russ Ortiz in 2003 had a 2.2. Sean Newcomb in 2019 had a 1.3. And Craig Kimbrell in 2013 had a 3.1. That adds up to 75.9 wins above replacement. Still a very solid squad. If you take the difference between 107.1 and 75.9, the difference is pretty big at 31.2. But that was a fun exercise to have. Obviously, my favorite players that were not Braves, if they were to go against a squad of players that were my favorite Braves, the non-Braves would win. But the reason being is when you're a Braves fan growing up, you spend a lot more time watching the Atlanta Braves than you do guys that are not on the Atlanta Braves so you see mostly highlights or plays that you go out of your way to watch from other players if they're not a Brave right I wasn't able to watch every single game on every single day so a lot of these highlights and stuff were either when I watched the Braves play against them or whenever I just saw these highlights on ESPN or whatever growing up. So that kind of explains why my favorite players that were not Braves have a higher wins above replacement because I have some favorite Braves that were obviously not the best Braves of all time, like Steve Avery, for example, or Sean Newcomb. They're some of my favorite Braves, but they obviously weren't even the best players on their own team that year. So that's one of the reasons why, but this was a really fun exercise, and I appreciate you guys listening to me talk about it. You'd be able to jump into my brain a little bit and see some of my favorite players and how they did in their years. All right, that's the show this week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out the show where it's the number one 
podcast on Good Pods. Check out that app. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen, whether that's Apple, Spotify, wherever. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to check out the new Facebook group, Braves Dugout Podcast. It's a new group for people that like talking Braves, whether they like the podcast or not. It's kind of, we converted the Atlanta Braves Dugout group into this new group, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We kind of trimmed the fat and made it a more efficient group for everybody and it's going to be a lot of fun so check out that facebook group and you can email the show at bravesdugout@gmail.com for any business inquiries and we have websites all the social medias you can find us at bravesdugoutpod on twitter or whatever thank you so much for listening cannot wait hopefully the braves make it past the nlcs as always go braves <laughs>